people to leave here today healed and whole, full of the power of God, set free from fear and worry and care and anxiety. And it doesn't make any difference if you don't feel a bit different when you get, get up out of this chair. It's by faith. Amen? It's by faith. It's by faith. And it doesn't make any difference if you don't feel anything three days from here, from, from today. It's by faith. You either received it or you didn't. And so if Jesus has shed his blood on the cross for each one of us, then we received it. Amen? We received it. So I'm, I'm going to start with uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, isn't that interesting place to start? But I got instruction. I started hearing this last night, and I kind of ignored it, you know. But um, uh, I think this is important. We get a good foundation to what the what the purpose and why we needed the blood of Jesus. Amen. So there, in, we're going to John three, John three one, John three one. Hallelujah! God is so good, isn't He? He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. Hallelujah. We are going to take communion today, and so I would encourage those of you that are um, able to do that, please do that. If you aren't comfortable doing that, it's perfectly okay if you don't. All right. Um, Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him by night, to Jesus by night, and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, verse 7, that I said to you, you must, you must You must be born again. You must be born again. If you're going to see the kingdom of heaven, if you're going to head, if you're going to be in heaven and, and, um, miss hell, you must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. There is no getting around it. You either want to spend your life, your eternity in heaven, or you want to spend your eternity in hell. And I would recommend not going to hell. Amen. I would recommend that. You want to head to heaven. Okay, so let's go to Romans 5, please. Romans 5. And we'll get started. This is what happened to um, man. Amen. Romans 5, 12. Basically, Adam, when he was set here on the earth, he was already blessed and prospering and had every need met. He fellowshiped with, with God, his father, all the time in the garden. Everything was everything was taken care of for him, and then he missed it, and he sinned. And so his sin got on all of us, all everybody, from that day on. Everyone was had uh, developed that sin nature, and so God did what he could, um, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but he did what he could by shedding the blood of animals to take away the sins, to try to deal with the sins that people were walking in. And um, that wasn't going to do it because it didn't bring a, um, a cleansing. What we needed was a cleansing from all unrighteousness. Amen. So Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through the one man, the one man sinned, and that was Adam, the one man sinned, entered into the world. One man's sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, verse 14, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the fence of Adam, 
who is a type of him who was to come. Now, you can live your life perfectly. You can live your life for Jesus, for the the Father. You can go to church. And I know there's people sitting in denominational churches. Because when uh, Dick and I did uh, phone evangelism, we would come across people that were sitting in, in churches that taught the salvation. Well, we think they did. But they weren't born again. These people were not born again. You know, people will sit in a denominational church and they think they're going to go to heaven all their life because they were good. They went to church every Sunday. They gave their money, their tithe. And they think they're going to go to heaven. Not the case. Not the case. You can do everything right and do everything good, but you're not going to you're not going to get to heaven. You have to be born again. You have to accept Jesus as Lord. And then there's that transformation that takes place. Your spirit man comes alive. And your spirit man comes alive. Amen? And that's what we want for the whole world to come alive. To wake up to the things of God and come alive. See, God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Amen? He doesn't. That isn't his design. That isn't what he did on, on, by sending Jesus on the cross. He wants everybody to come to the saving knowledge. He loves, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. And see, that's what we want. We want that everlasting life. Now, see, we can have that everlasting life. Oh, boy, I'm not even in my notes. We can have that everlasting life every minute of every day. It's not, it's not, you don't wait for the good things to, you don't wait to get to heaven to have the good things. You know what I mean? You don't wait to get to heaven to have the good things. We've got victory right now. We've got hope right now. We've got healing right now. We've got deliverance right now. We're free from fear. We're free from drugs. We're free from addiction. We're free from torment. We're free from worry and cares and anxieties. We've got that right now. But we don't walk in it. We don't walk in it, do we? We'd rather sit and worry about something than walk in the freedom that we have through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. My mouth is dry, excuse me, guys. <laughs> but but we would rather wring our fingers or wring our hands and, and call up a neighbor and talk to them about the care and anxiety that's running us ragged that day. Right? Right? Then, then turn it over. God says to cast the care upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He loved you so much. That he gave his only begotten son. He loved you that much. That he sent his son to die on the cross. Amen. Okay. um, Let's see. Let's just go right on down to verse 19 of that same chapter 5. It says, For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were many were made sinners. It doesn't matter that they didn't do anything wrong. They were still made sinners through the one man's disobedience. And that was Adam's disobedience. Adam's disobedience because he he uh, followed and did ate of the tree of uh, good and evil. Amen. So he he uh, caused everyone to come into a place of sin and unforgiveness or uh actually separated from God's love, God's ability to be able to reach. And the minute, the minute you get born again, you, you step into an in Christ position. Old things have passed away. New things have come. The old things that have passed away are sin, sickness, disease, worry, cares, and anxieties. All of that has passed away. The new things that have come, have you found out what the new things are? That by Jesus's blood, the price was paid for you to have healing, to have wholeness, to have uh, life and life abundantly, to have uh, be, be carefree and not to worry. I mean, that is such a an amazing thing to get up every morning and not be worried about something. Yeah. To go to bed and not be worried about something. Yeah. To wake up in the middle of the night and not be worried about something. 
And I know that happens because I, I deal with, I have to deal with that sometimes. You know, I have, I, I, you know, God is so good. That's very rarely does that happen because I know immediately that I need to cast the care upon the Lord and trust him because he said he cares for us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. He said he'd meet every need that you have, not just this one over here and this one here, every need you have. And if you're in fellowship and in relationship with the Lord, he's going to let you know if the need you're believing God for is what he wants for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you're, if you're missing it a little bit, God will correct you. He wants to correct you. He wants to help you do everything that he has called you to do. Amen. He wants you to do that. He wants you to have everything that he has given you in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wants you to have it all. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have a life abundantly. He wants you to have that. You know, I don't know if how many of you noticed the sign, but I had that scripture verse. I'm going, okay, are we going over there? You know, we've been, um, uh, that same power, Romans 8, 11, that same power, that same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, raised Jesus from the grave, guess where it dwells? In us. Amen? I mean, if you just sit and meditate on that, my goodness, my goodness, what, what the church could do with that same power. If they have a revelation of that same power, that same power, that same power, that same, say this, that same power. Oh, that same power. Faith out of, out, out of your man, that same power that raised Jesus from the grave dwells, lives, abides in me. Amen. 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 Oh, man, that is so good. <laughs> I think that's for next week. But anyway, <laughs> that is so good. That power in us. Amen. That power in us. What's that power do? Makes us alive, causes hope to rise up. It causes healing to manifest in our bodies. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we probably better keep moving here. We might be here till um, 3 o'clock, I'll say. <laughs> Everybody ready? I'll give you a break, though, but just it's okay. All right, so let's see. Um, I think I want to go to talk. I want to go over a, a little bit about the the blood, just a little bit about the blood, and then we'll, we'll take communion. And so just uh, a second here while we have to set up a few things. The blood of Jesus, most of us remember, like I said last week, most of us remember, most of us remember um, the Passover that took place when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt. We, I got him a hat. Did you guys know this? Okay. All right. Or him or her. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway. So the blood of Jesus. We remember. We remember this part. From last week. No. See the, the blood of Jesus. When they, when they did the Passover. Coming out of, uh, out of Egypt. Out of the bondage of Egypt. They were asked to, uh, God wanted them to, um, uh, one of the things was they needed to be protected from the death angel that was coming to steal the firstborn. So what they did was, God said, I want you to take the lamb without spot and blemish, kill the lamb and use the blood and cover the lentil of your house, the lentil, the doorpost, in case you guys don't know. Or wait, is that? No, is, this is a lentil. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, to cover that. So that they were to stay in there and that would keep the destroyer, the demonic influences, the devil, the destroyer from coming into their home, from stealing life from them, from stealing what, you know, if you want to apply it today, from stealing healing um, or cares and anxieties or any of that. But, it, but the destroyer was had to stay out because of the blood of Jesus. So they used the lamb without spot and blemish, the same that Jesus was, was said to have had no spot and blemish. Amen? Okay. Um, they put the, 
the blood on the sides and the lentil. And then they were also prepared for the journey. They weren't just sitting there and, and doing nothing. They were to be readied and prepared. So they were to eat all of that, all of their, all of the, the sacrificed. There wasn't to be anything left. And um, let's look at, I, I think this is exciting, Psalms 105, 37. Okay, and he struck, 36, I'm sorry, 36. And he, and he also struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their vigor. Then he brought them out with silver and gold. And you remember also, I shared that last week that, you know, they, they asked the um, Egyptians, they were told, just go ask the Egyptians, they'll give you everything they have. So they, they got all the silver and the gold and whatever. Isn't that just like what we're supposed to do when the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy? You have the authority to annihilate him and go get back what God, what he stole from you. You have that authority. You have that ability, that power on the inside of you. Amen. Okay. So verse 37, then he brought them out with silver and gold and among his tribes, there was not one who stumbled. There was not one feeble person, not one, not one. All those people, what was it? 600,000, I believe there was not one that was feeble. They did the Passover. Remember? The destroyer couldn't come in. They were strengthened for their journey. They were healed for their journey. And that's what the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for us has strengthened us for our journey, has, has um, made a way for wholeness and healing through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So there is not one feeble there shouldn't be that in the church either, right? If if the church is knowing and doing and, and appropriating the blood of Jesus in their walk. Amen? Amen. So, so the blood of Jesus is really important that was shed on the cross. Amen? Okay. Um, let's look at Hebrews real quick. There's just some nuggets, some good nuggets I found this week as I was prepping and I just want to, I got excited about them, wanted to share them with you. One of them was that there was not a feeble. I remembered that, but I didn't know where that was. No feeble, no feeble people among them. None, none. I think that's amazing. There was 600,000 people. Okay. So Hebrews eleven twenty eight, And this is Moses. And this is just, of course, this is, um, uh, hall of faith, so they call it. <laughs> Verse 28, Moses, by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn might not touch them. So he kept that. He kept that Passover. He kept the Passover so that the destroyer, it, it kept the people in remembrance of what, what had been done, just like we're going to look at that here in a minute. But he kept the Passover, kept them in remembrance of the Passover and doing it so that the destroyer did not have, uh, could not touch them. Amen? Okay, so um, let's see, I already hit that. Let's look at um, Philippians, I believe. Philippians 2. Philippians 2. I'm not sure uh, if I'm going too fast or you need a scripture verse repeated, please just say so. Now, um, I'm going to just, you don't need to go there, but I'm going to quick read this scripture verse 2. Um, Matthew twenty six twenty eight. I want to. I want you to hear this one too. Nah, not right now. Okay, okay. Philippians two six, and this is um, um, verse five. I'm going to start having this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Jesus voluntarily gave up. He emptied himself. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And it goes on, talks about the name of Jesus that's above every name. But he humbled himself, becoming obedient, even to the point of death. And you remember in the garden, he, he did not want to, he didn't, he said, please, can you, Father, can you take this cup from me? I really don't want to do this, you know, very bad. I really don't want to do this. And, but he knew it was God's will. And there was so much, so much stress that he, you remember he uh, sweat, sweated great drops of blood because he knew he needed to pay the price. He had to pay the price. Otherwise, we'd be still all of us sitting in sin. Jesus had to do that. He had to do that. And, you know, like I said last week, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't uh, necessarily the, I, I was just reading through a, a description of the scourging that took place. And I would encourage all of you to Google that and read that, what actually Jesus went through. You know, he went through he had at least 39 whippings. And the whippings, the, the whip had uh, sharp barbs of teeth or metal in the ends so that when he was whipped, it caught in his skin and ripped the flesh. It didn't just swat him a few times. It ripped his flesh. So that's why the, the word of God says he was unrecognizable. But you know why he did that for each one of us, everyone that's sitting here in this room, he did that for you. Even if you were the only one, the only one on this earth, he would have still sent his son to die on the cross for you so that you could have everything that pertains to life and godliness. He still would have done that. And these are all things I'm saying. I know you've all heard these things, but we need to keep that before us so that we can see the importance of the price that Jesus paid, that it wasn't something we can just throw in the trash on Saturday night and go have a good time and then come on Sunday morning and repent. That's what most of the church does. They go have a good time. They go do, do all kinds of sin acts. And then they come and, will you forgive me, Father? Well, God wants to forgive you. But why do you keep sinning over and over? Why don't you just stop it? Because he paid the price. He paid the price for each one of us to, to be delivered from all sin, from all unrighteousness. Amen? Okay, so he was obedient. He was obedient. And, you know, I will just throw in how many of you are ob obedient to walk in what God has called you to do? How many of you are obedient to walk in what God's called you to do? What he tells you to do every day. You know, God is always talking. He's always telling you something. He's always encouraging you. He's always saying, would you go talk to, would you go do, would you go, would you? How many of us are listening? See, if, if he's, I know he's talking to us, and if we don't do what he says, is that sin? Yeah, that's sin too. So that's a place to repent the things that we don't do that he asks us to do. You know, um, anyway, the blood. Oh, my, my red tablecloth is in that. Or, yeah. You don't see it sitting here, do you, anybody? <laughs> anyway, yeah, you can use one of those. That's fine. That's good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So let's go, to, let's go to Revelation 12. This is just such a, I mean, I've talked about this several times. Yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Drape it over. Yeah, the blood of Jesus. And Revelation twelve eleven, and um, I I keep getting more and more on this scripture verse um, all the time. You know, as I meditate on it through the week, or listen to it, or say it over. In Revelation twelve eleven, for this reason, oh, let's see, I'm sorry, twelve eleven, and they overcame him. Who's him there? Yeah, yeah, the enemy, Satan. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even to death. Okay, so remember I talked about the horse. Some of you have not heard that example. But the horse, you know, when you go to ride a horse, it has a saddle and it has a stirrup. And you put your foot in the stirrup and you get yourself up on top of the horse. 
Okay? That's a picture of the overcoming ability that we have because of uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The shed blood that he shed for us, he's made us the overcomers. See, that's the first thing that happens there, isn't it? And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. It wasn't anything they did. It was because of the blood of the lamb was shed for them. So they, they overcame it. But when you accept Jesus as Lord, that that is your opportunity to um, put that blood to work in your life. Amen? So you step into the saddle. You put your foot in the stirrup. You step in. You get in that. You've accepted Jesus as Lord. You are an overcomer. Amen? You're an overcomer. You're in that position. But here's what has to happen to maintain your overcoming ability. Here's what has to happen. Because of, okay, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. What are you testifying to? What are you testifying to? The blood has already paid the price. So what are you testifying to? Yeah, by his stripes I'm healed, right? What are you testifying to? I have been set free from fear. I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? What are you testifying to? What's your testimony? What's your testimony? The blood's already done it. The blood has already paid the price. So what is your testimony? What do you need to speak out? See, and, um, because see, that continues... When we speak out the testimony, that causes us to walk in that overcoming ability that the price, that the blood of Jesus already paid the price for. Amen? Amen? Amen. This is so important, guys. This is so important. This word is so important. I encourage you to really take these scripture verses and meditate on them next week. We have this and we have this. This is what Jesus did. But the difference between the two, this could not bring cleansing. This brought cleansing. Do you know what the, you know why? Why it was so important for us to be cleansed from, from sin? First John, go to first John here. <laughs> it's a, first John one, first John one. Seven. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, that happened in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, when we miss it, when we get into a place of sin, like, let's go on and read eight. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the blood of Jesus brought cleansing, and then we have to maintain that. So I've told you this the last couple of Sundays. Whenever you sin and you miss it, you repent, you ask God to forgive you, and, and you also, not only forgiveness you receive, I receive cleansing in Jesus name. And what that does, that keeps the enemy from tormenting you that you and making you feel guilty. You you've all experienced that. You've repented and all of a sudden there's this voice making you feel guilty. Amen. Making you feel bad about it. See that that will happen. So what ha- what 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 you need to do is when you repent, then you receive the cleansing and it's all white as snow again. Amen. That's what's really important in, in, in dealing with that. Otherwise, we open ourselves up to the torment who comes to keep telling us the lies of the devil. The lies. Why you sinned, you can't do anything for God. Have you ever heard that one? Would you say it that way for? You're just a bad person. Don't ever go to church again. That's what the devil does. You know, when you're, when you're in a place of of uh, sin or in your place of uh, uh, unrighteousness, uh, well, all of that. And if you're in a place of needing healing, you don't stay home. You run to God. You run to the place where you can, you can receive healing and get help and, and, and spend time in the presence of the Lord. Now, the presence of the Lord was here this morning on that Nothing But the Blood of Jesus song. And, and I don't know if you sensed it, but he was moving. He was bringing conviction. 
And he was bringing to your remembrance things that you need to repent of. And he was bringing love. He was bringing peace and encouragement. Amen? Okay. So I'm not going to have us go to every one of these, I don't believe. Um, but the blood, the blood, the blood gives us deliverance, salvation, forgiveness, healing. We've already been talking about that. Um, and that's Ephesians 1, 7. If you want to write these down, you can write them down and look them up later. Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means you've been put in, because of the blood, you've been put in a right standing position. Right standing. Um, Revelation 1, 5. You've been loosed and free from the sin by his blood. And we just, we just did First um, John 1, 7, where it cleanses us. The blood cleanses us. They did not get cleansed here in the, in the Old Testament. They did not get cleansed. And that's why it was so important to keep the, the Passover before them and as well as um, there was always having to kill. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when, when you think, and it's not funny, when you think about it, I'm talking to myself, but when you think about it, you know, where, where in the Old Testament, you know, if they sinned and they had to take whatever animal there was for that particular sin and, you know, and um, uh, receive receive help, but they never received cleansing. So the, so the, they would always feel guilty over and over, and so they'd have to do it again, do it again. This way, when Jesus shed the blood, he brought us into a place of cleansing as well. Okay? Uh, Hebrews 8, 6. It's a better covenant that we have with better promises. We have a better covenant. Hebrews nine twelve, The blood uh, purifies um, things that aren't contributing to our life. The blood will purify. They'll, it, they'll, it'll, it'll make you aware of things that are, uh, let's just use this simple example like time wasters. It'll make you aware of uh, things that need to be purged out of your life. It will make you aware of those things. Amen? And that was um, Hebrews 9, 12 through 14. Um, Peter, for Second Peter 1, 3, the blood has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And Hebrews ten nineteen, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. It gives us that boldness. Uh, it gives us the boldness when we are um, when we believe what the blood will do for us. If you don't believe what the blood will do for you, you won't walk in any boldness. You won't walk in healing. You won't walk in. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? You have to believe that the blood did pay a price for us, for each one of us. Ephesians 2.13, you have been brought near to God the Father because of the blood. Amen? Um, in Ephesians, um, hmm, let's look at this one, Ephesians. This is a, um, Ephesians 2.6. Let's start with 4. <clears throat> But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we've been able to sit together with him in heavenly places. Amen? In him. See, that's our position spiritually. And everything then is under our feet. If you look at that, if you look at that scripture verse on, I think it's on further or maybe it's in another one. But everything is under our feet. Everything is under our feet. We're seated together with him in heavenly places. And you remember Jesus, uh, I think it was Mary Magdalene wanted to touch him. He said, no, don't touch me. I haven't finished my course. He had to go and sit down and take the blood and sit down at the, at, at the right hand of God. And so... So we, that's where we're sitting. Spiritually, we're sitting at the right hand of God the Father with everything under our feet. Amen? Everything that's evil is under our foot. That's why we were been told to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will harm us. Amen? Nothing will harm us. That's because we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So under our feet is sickness and disease. Under our feet is... Cares and anxieties under our feet is fear and torment. Under our feet is sin. 
Amen? Under our feet, we're seated together with him in heavenly places. Okay. And then uh, Hebrews 2, 14 through 15, the blood conquered death and destroyed death. I don't think we hit that one last week. Okay. Okay, so um, Revelation twelve eleven, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. testimony. So the blood is activated when we... When, we testify to what it has done. Okay? Okay. Okay. So we, we I think I shared that already. We stayed in a... Okay, so we need to stay in that overcoming position by the word of our testimony. You stay on the horse, remember? You stay on the horse by the word of your testimony. Okay? And then you want to do and act like the word is true. Is the word true or not? So if the word is true, are you going to act in fear or are you going to act in faith? If the word is true, are you going to act in love or are you going to run scared? If the word is true, are you going to act like you're healed or are you going to act like you're sick? Hmm? If the word is true, are you going to walk in righteousness or are you going to walk in sin? Yeah. Yeah, see, if the word is true. So so you, if you're going to confess, then you have to act like it. You have to walk in it. Amen? Walk in it. Okay, so um, let's look at Matthew, and we're going to kind of build ourselves into a place of taking communion now. And like I said, um, well, we'll hit that here in a minute, but... Um, um, I think I'm just going to go to, I think we'll just go to 1 Corinthians. We'll, we'll, there's about three different places it talks about communion, you know. There's some, it says it in some places a little bit different than in others, but not, not much. Um, Matthew 26 is one place that talks about it, but he adds that it's a forgiveness of sins. And then um, 1 Corinthians is where we're going to land. 1 Corinthians 11. Okay, so we're going to, I think what we'll do is we're going to read through this first, and then we'll go back and do different pieces of it, okay? We'll start with verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. This is the Last Supper. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when we take communion, we're doing it in remembrance of the price that Jesus paid and what he did. Always keeping it, keeping us in remembrance of it. Amen? Okay, and in the same way, he took the, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as as you drink it in remembrance of me. Do you know the body was the body was just as important as the blood because it was it was uh, if you look at and you don't need to turn there but Isaiah 53 Isaiah 53 which we know as you know talks about the healing but I want you to see um I think it's 4 and 5 yeah um 4 um let's see Four says, surely our griefs he himself bore, and as our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the chastising of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. So he was beaten as well, you know, and, and um, um, pierced in his side. And the blood of Jesus, you know, the stripes, by his stripes we were healed. So his body was just as a, as a much a part of the healing process that we received as the blood. Amen? Um, okay, 25 again. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Okay, uh, now you can take communion as much as you want. Uh, we do it here, not a lot, but you can do it at home every morning if you want to. You always want to do it in remembrance of what he did. It's not, it's not a religious thing. It's not three dips of a piece of bread and drink a cup. It's not that. It's not religious. It's, I didn't know anything that I know now, but when I, when I got born again, like I've told you before, I had no one to help me with anything. And so I just would develop, I developed going to play the organ at the, at the Methodist, whoops, the church. I, I, um, uh, would spend time with the Lord. I didn't know I needed to do that, but it was just something I wanted to do on the inside. I wanted to talk to my father, you know, and that's just because, you know, when you get born again, you have those desires start welling up to spend time with your father. Man, anyway, so communion became really important to me, even though, you know, and so when I would go up to take communion, there was an altar and I would, I would, um, you kneel down to take communion. And I, I purposed I wasn't going to leave that spot where I took communion until I knew that I knew that I knew my relationship was right with my father. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't leave that spot until, until I had repented of everything that I knew of. I never left that spot. And here's, here's what we're, here's what we're coming to in, um, Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, you don't want to drink and eat in an unworthy manner. You need to have your yourself right with the Lord. You really do. Shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. If he does not judge the body rightly, you, if you do not judge yourself rightly, you're going to drink and eat damnation to yourself. That's why it's so important to spend that time before the Lord to find out. I didn't know any of this. It was just something I knew. I wanted to be right between me and me and my father. I wanted it to be right. I didn't want anything sitting in the way of being, uh, um, being able to come boldly before him, being able to receive healing, being able to walk in, in love and, and power and soundness of mind. And I didn't even know any of that either at the time. I just was doing what I felt the Lord wanted me to do. And that was to, that was to examine myself, make sure I was right before the Lord. Amen? Verse 31, well, oh, 29 again. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. A number sleep, people have died early because they don't judge themselves rightly. Amen? I'm, I'm just reading the word. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. Okay? So there's things like, even if you are envious or jealous, if you're in strife with somebody, if you haven't forgiven someone, all of those things. Uh, if you can't forgive and you can't walk, I wouldn't take communion today. I wouldn't do it. If you can get yourself in a, back into a place of right standing with the Father, you're fine. Okay? But there's, there's things that... And so we're going to take some time. Um, we're going to take some time, if, Corey, if you want to come and play. Right now, this time frame is just for you to talk to the Father and let Him talk to you about if you have missed it, or if you've lied, if you, like I said, if you're in strife, or if you had a, a fight, or if you had, a, if you were in anger, anger before you got here, or even two days ago, or ten days ago, whatever it is, let the Lord tell you about it, so you can repent and receive cleansing in in, in Jesus' name, Amen. So take this time, close your eyes, and talk to the Father. This is not a, this is not a time to look at your phones, and this is not a time to poke your neighbor. This is the time to get serious with, with God. This is the time to get serious with God. Yeah, you're important to Him and He's important to you and you want that relationship in a right standing position.
say this all together. Father God, I humble myself under your mighty hand. Father, I repent for any sin, name sin. You can name that sin right now to yourself. I repent, Father, for all unrighteousness. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive, I receive forgiveness and cleansing right now. body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me
as you're as you're partaking of the communion, purpose in your heart to receive what you have need of, the manifestation of healing, the manifestation of freedom from drugs or cares or anxieties, freedom from fear, freedom from uh, sin, whatever it is, purpose to receive when you're taking the communion, okay? Receive that. Receive what God has paid the price through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. Okay? Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, the new agreement that God had between the two of them, but between us and Him. This is, this is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So receive what you have need of. together okay father we give you thanks for all you have given us in the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ you have given us everything that pertains to life and godliness and I receive every need met right now you have healed my body you have made me whole you have delivered me from the kingdom of darkness and translated me moved me to the kingdom of light and I thank you father for all that you have done I thank you Jesus for the price of the blood that you gave and I love you Holy Spirit I love you, Father, and I love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah.
good. Always bring in a cleansing and a healing. Change of attitude. Change of attitude. A hope that hasn't been there before. A peace that's been much needed. A love that's been hard to find for someone. You've, you've had a hard time finding a, a love, being able to love that person. You had a hard time. And God's gonna, God's helping you with that right now. He's helping you be able to love that person. He's bringing a mending and a healing in Jesus' name. Touching every hurt and wound, every emotional hurt. Emotional hurts. Emotional hurts tend to trip us up. We don't catch them. We don't realize they're there. And we just thank you, Father. Release that healing, touching every emotional hurt. Receive that. Receive that. And then receive the peace. I don't know if there's more than one of you or not, but the peace is uh, needed. Somebody needs that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hearing joy, the word joy. <laughs> it's not that every situation will be funny that you encounter but the joy of the Lord's going to rise up and, and you'll want to just giggle at the situation even though it looks terrible you'll want to just giggle at it because the joy of the Lord is your strength and he's helping you overcome that situation in Jesus name in Jesus name